Ah, giddy up. It's a busy Saturday right here on The Rev. My goodness, we've got Oklahoma baseball coming up. We've got a spring game coming up. But, of course, right now we've got the Gimme Zone live and on the air with not not three slouches this morning, just the two of us, myself. I'm Josh Elmer. Good morning, everyone. Brian Vineyard alongside. We are thinking of our lost warrior this morning, one Matt Reynolds, who apparently has come down with some type of sickness. Matt, hope you uh, feel better quickly. But we're ready to rock and roll. Jordan Spieth, victorious last week at the RBC Heritage. And I'm about to, as I oft do on this program, Brian, about to say something a little controversial. Not you, Josh. No way. <laughs> Never, right? I'm kind of happy the guy won, right? Longhorn, I get it. In the past, Jordan Spieth was the chief player on tour that I'm rooting against. I kind of dug seeing him back in the winner's circle. Josh, I think that's great that he's back in the winner's circle. I know he's a Longhorn and all. We all love to hate Longhorns here in Sooner Country. But guess what? The guy's a fantastic player and very likable. I mean, what's not to like about him? He plays it straight. He's great with the media. The players all seem to love him. I don't know. What's not to like about him, Josh? Speaking of what's not to like about him, I mean, this was pretty cool. Before he went into the playoff with Patrick Cantley, the uh, CBS crews caught Jordan Spieth. And if you're listening to this audio and you're wondering what's going on, just to lay the foundation and the scene for you, Jordan Spieth talking to some of the – Young fans, kids in the crowd, letting them know that uh, playoff or not, he would be back. And the wind's not up. Yeah, the wind's There's not no up. Shocking wind. Nothing weird and wonderful is happening. Not. So I'm going to go inside and, and lay low for a little bit, and then I'll, I'll promise I'll be back here. It just either is going to be um, after – a playoff, or if there's not, if someone else wins, okay? Come back, okay, guys? <laughs> I will be back. I will be back. Nobody panic. You're going to get your autograph this morning. That's pretty cool, though. That is, Josh. You know, not all the players are great with the kids like that, and so it's good to see that the uh, a guy like Jordan Spieth and as big as he is in the game of golf will give back his time to support those kids that have come out to see him. And that says a lot about that guy's character. And, you know, I'm with you, Josh. I can't even argue with you. I've rooted for Jordan Spieth. I think he's a fantastic kid. Now, I do know, you know, a little bit that he, more that he, he played at Royal Oaks down in Dallas where some of my family is a member. I used to see him down there practicing before he ever went to Texas just as a high school kid down there practicing. And, you know, they're pro down there, obviously, uh, you know, coached up Scotty Scheffler as well. And so that country club down there has got it going on. Yeah, no kidding. A Masters champion, and obviously Jordan Spieth was already a Masters champion, a three-time major winner. And actually, when the PGA Championship gets underway over here at Southern Hills, that'll be another attempt for Jordan Spieth to try and track down what has all of a sudden become an elusive Grand Slam. Now, you say elusive Grand Slam. Not a lot of golfers in the history of golf that have – completed the career Grand Slam, but Jordan Spieth has had, as Rory, Rory McIlroy has had with the Masters, Jordan Spieth now, several years that he's had the chance to try and finish the career Grand Slam with the PGA Championship, and really now that he's 
one here at the RBC Heritage projecting forward at Southern Hills, that's going to be one of the big storylines now, Brian. Well, I agree, Josh. You know, and we've talked about it on this show in the past. Certain courses fit guys' games. You know, I do think uh, Harbortown was a great setup for Jordan. I think those small greens fit his game. Guess what? Southern Hills greens aren't massive either. You know, there's a premium on short game at Southern Hills with the changes. So I like Jordan's chances at Southern Hills to complete that Grand Slam. Now that he's got some confidence back. And, you know, we talked a little bit off air about the changes that go on in one's life when they get married and start having kids and maybe golf isn't your only priority anymore. And I think Jordan has worked his way through that, and now he's accomplished winning again with being a father and being married. And look out. I think he can get on another run. And that's an adjustment. It it just – it is. We've uh, seen that from countless players that – I mean, I, I think about Rory McIlroy is probably the biggest example of it to where he just, you know, hasn't really won a major championship now in eight years, though he had a nice charge on Sunday at the Masters. Some guys handle that better than others, and some guys are better equipped to handle that than others. And obviously, Jordan Spieth back into the winner's circle. I thought this was interesting, talking about Jordan Spieth's win at the RBC Heritage from Kyle Porter, who, if you don't know who Kyle Porter is, um, he's the main writer over at CBS Sports, their main golf writer. And anyways, he had this to uh, say about Jordan Spieth's win. It was the sixth time, Brian, in Jordan Spieth's last eight stroke play tournaments in which Jordan Spieth actually lost strokes to the field in the putting category. <laughs> Data Golf shows that his 50-round rolling average is actually about as bad as it's ever been. Since he turned pro back in 2013, he's, uh, he's putting at, a, at worse than a PGA Tour average clip. He's outside the top 100 on the PGA Tour in putts made from inside 10 feet, which to me, you start thinking about putting. I mean, that's really the stat we're looking at, right? I'll keep reading a couple more of these stats, Brian. But the inside 10 feet and the 10 to 15 feet, that's the range. Okay, if you're not great from 15 to 20 or 20 to 25 making putts, you know, that's not really the putt that you need to consistently make to win a tournament. One week, okay, if you're rolling it great from 15 and out, maybe that could be the difference to winning a tournament. But so outside the top 100 for Jordan Spieth on the PGA Tour in putts from inside 10 feet, from – He's outside the top 100 from 10 to 15 feet and from 15 to 20 feet. So he's not been, not really been a great putter this season, and yet he, he did win at the RBC Heritage. So just thinking forward to Southern Hills, I mean, obviously you would think you've got to putt better than what he has so far this season. You're right on, Josh. Jordan Spieth, since he's been on tour, has been regarded as one of the best putters on tour. Now, he has been in a slump putting, and like many other things with golf, it gets to be mental. There's nothing wrong with Jordan Spieth's putting stroke. I think he needs a little more confidence, and he comes right back. That guy is one of the best putters, and for him to have stats like this is unbelievable. Now, Rory always has had stats like this. Right, we expect that. The putting is what keeps Rory from winning because Tita Green – He's as good as anybody out there today and maybe ever. 
But Jordan tends to not be as good off the tee as somebody uh, like Rory. He's not nearly as long and not really as accurate. And not pinpoint with his irons like some of these guys on tour are. Jordan Spieth was the best short game player in on the, on the PGA Tour. That was the reason he was winning at a high clip. I mean, how many big putts did you see him make one after another when he was winning? It really reminded me of Tiger when he was on a roll. And you brought up that stat, inside 10 feet, Josh. That is where you make your hay because sure. when you hit a great iron shot, you need to convert that for a birdie. And when you hit a poor iron shot, you need to convert that putt inside 10 feet to get your par. And those par savers, instead of you know throwing off a bogey or a double, are the difference between winning and losing. Jordan Spieth's got to be feeling pretty good, though, right? Wins at the RBC Heritage, and he just signed on his, I think it's an eight-year extension with Under Armour. I mean, obviously, he's kind of been the face of Under Armour in terms of the golf scene for, you know, ever since he really burst onto the scene in that 2014-15 season. And... Uh, now he's been signed on again. So his pockets are full. His championship trophy just got a little larger. Jordan Spieth is feeling good about things. Um, I just I just wonder, can he regain a little bit of that magic from 14 and 15 where, like you said, it was the up and downs from around the green. It's every single time, whether it's he's in a bunker or he's you know not got necessarily the greatest positioning for an up and down uh, from just off, just off the green in Jordan Spieth. It seemed like at that particular moment in time, he's getting up and down, and if he was on the green and 25 feet away, seemed like he was making a lot of those pots. Well, you're right, Josh, and he was holding chips that most guys would consider the worst place to leave yourself. You're short-sighted. How many times did he hole one out of a bunker short-sighted? I mean – his short game's phenomenal, and you run through ebbs and flows putting, and I think he's been in a bit of funk. But, you know, you give him a little confidence winning this tournament, look out. I mean, I think he's uh, he's right on the cusp of, of uh, coming back and winning another major. Now, I don't know if it'll be at Southern Hills, but I, you got to put him up there. If you're, if you're going to say, give me 20 of the top favorites, he's got to be in that group, right? I would think so, yeah. I mean, obviously – he, he wants that one as much as any other major championship right now because it completes his collection. But he wants to win a major championship again. It's been since the, the Open in 2018. Is that when he beat Kuchar? Maybe it was 2017. But it's, it's been a minute since he won a major championship. And for somebody like Jordan Spieth that had the start to his career that he had in 14 and 15 where all of a sudden, and we do this with a lot of golfers on tour trying to – Find the next Tiger Woods, the next Phil Mickelson, the next Palmer, the next Jack Nicklaus, whichever comparison you want to make in terms of all-time pillars of golf. We wanted Jordan Spieth to be that back then in 14-15, and it looked like he was well on his way until he had the four-year drought and hadn't won. Now, obviously, he's back in the winner's circle, but in the game of golf, the RBC heritage, hey, that's fantastic from Harbortown. Nothing wrong with winning the RBC Heritage. But when you're Jordan Spieth, now you're, you're going to be judged on how many major championships do you win. So for him, now at Southern Hills and beyond the rest of the season, feels like now that he's won, he's trending in that direction. He could, I mean, any guy on tour you could probably say this about, 
But for Jordan Spieth, because he has pocketed three over the course of his career, he could really use another one, couldn't he? Yeah, no, and this would be, you know, really sweet because I'm sure he'll have a bunch of family and friends at Southern Hills just because of the geographic location. And it would be really good sweet point. for him to win. And, you know, it's a fantastic layout. I think it could really fit his game. Now, my question to you, Josh, is if you've got to pick one golfer or the other, I'll give you Rory or I'll give you Jordan Spieth. Who are you taking? I'm taking Rory, but I feel terrible about it. Just off talent alone, but I've been saying this for eight years since the end of the 2014 major golf season. He hasn't won since then, but you feel like, I feel like, I shouldn't say you feel like or everybody feels like, you could tell us how you feel like on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I've just been waiting for Rory to put it all together for one week, basically to see around like we saw on Sunday at Augusta, but not even necessarily for four rounds. I mean, if Rory does that for two of the rounds at the Masters, we're talking about Rory McIlroy as the 2022 Masters champion and as somebody that has completed his Grand Slam collection. But, again, we've not seen that Rory – in eight years. No, Josh. Rory's got to get off to a good start in these tournaments. That's really the key to him is not get too far behind before the weekend because when he gets a lead, he can really close the door. He is a fantastic front runner, and he's really great when he's way behind as well. But he's got to stay right in that mix, and I think we're going to have some unbelievable play at Southern Hills And just something tells me we're going to get a winner that we're not thinking of. Somebody that that was kind of Andy Dillard's thoughts too. That maybe even an Oklahoma guy. That'd be great. I mean, Taylor Gooch has got the game. I mean, look how well he played his first Masters. Is Ricky Fowler? Is he in this PGA Championship? He's got an exemption, right? I would think. I'm not a hundred with it being in Southern Hills, but, but you know. It'd be great to see him get back in the mix again, but maybe he's making too much money off the course, like uh, Andy alluded to several years or several weeks back. I mean, uh, you know, money does crazy things to people sometimes, and it changes your priorities. And you know, if you've got fifty or hundred million in the bank, yeah, maybe I'm not going to practice quite as hard anymore. Got a beautiful wife, yeah, newborn I mean, that uh, has just joined your family, and, and Ricky. There was that conversation surrounding him before he got married that maybe he wasn't altogether super dialed into working uh, the type of way that you need to work to be a consistent major champion. So, and, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that there's just a ton of truth to that. I'm just pointing out those conversations from his from his swing coach was out there, Brian, that maybe Ricky Fowler needed to – Spend a little less time on social media, a little less time putting commercials together, and a little more time working on his golf game. So if that thought existed then from somebody that was close to Ricky Fowler as his coach to now all of a sudden you're married and you're starting a family, you could kind of put the puzzle pieces together to why now it's – I mean, I think this might be we're going on the third year of Ricky Fowler – not really being any sort of a factor on the PGA Tour. And really, 
he's kind of getting into that dangerous territory of is he going to keep his PGA Tour card? Well, Josh, you kind of walked down a path that I was getting ready to go down to down is, you know, you stay out of the mix for a long enough time period. Do you become obsolete? Right. I mean, do you feel like you can ever win again? And that has to run through even these guys' minds. And sure. They're the best of the best. But the reality is the fields are incredibly deep and getting better every single year. The game of golf has never been better than it is today. But speaking of today, I would love to see those guys play Southern Hills in the wins we've had the last three days. How good would that be? It'd be the best. Welcome to Oklahoma, folks. You, you and I are like-minded. I love that. I love seeing these guys get challenged a little bit. Okay, so let me lay out what the rest of this morning will look like for you. Obviously, Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. It is the Gimme Zone presented by Elite Roofing Systems. You can check them out online, EliteRoofOK.com. We've got Norman North, head boys golf coach Ryan Rayner, set to join us at 10 o'clock. We've chatted with Oklahoma headman's golf coach Ryan Hibble, so that'll be coming up in the 10 o'clock hour as well. And then we'll get Andy Dillard's thoughts on Southern Hills and then some of his lasting thoughts from the Masters as well coming up uh, in that 11 o'clock hour. Coming up next, let's talk about what the best storylines at Southern Hills could be because, you know, you look up and, okay, it's, you know, a month, whatever it is away. It's going to be upon us quickly. So let's take an opening break. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and let's talk about some of those big storylines next right here on the Gimme Zone on the Rev. Elite Roofing Systems, they bring us the Gimme Zone each and every Saturday. EliteRoofOK.com. You can give them a call in Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094. Or what's up, Tulsa, for all of our Tulsa listeners out there, 918-984-5475. They're locally owned and operated, and they've been taking care of Oklahoma City and Tulsa customers for a long, long time. They've got uh, free estimates for you as well. Again, one one final time here, EliteRoofOK.com. So what do, you, what do you think is the best storyline for you at Southern Hills? There's any sort of different directions, a million different ways you could go with this. Maybe not a million, but quite a few. What is maybe the number one storyline that you'd like to see or are looking forward to at Southern Hills? I'd like to see Phil Mickelson, right? Yeah. I mean, you, what about Phil and Tiger paired together? How good would that be? It'd be great. Do you think Tiger's going to play? I'm starting starting to wonder a little bit. Well, you know, our man Matt Reynolds got a text from him, so said he's playing. So, no, uh, we don't know for sure yet. I, like you, am starting to feel like he may not be playing. Yeah, it, it feels like it's trending in that direction. That Which, man, that would stink for Oklahoma golf fans, but – and Andy Dillard and I talked about this. You'll hear that, you know, in the 11 o'clock hour here on the Gimme Zone. I get it from the standpoint that, okay, Tiger Woods is coming back from a traumatic car accident. The body's not totally right. Probably is never going to be totally right again. He had had all sorts of surgeries before the accident, and that's just, you know, the latest bionic man put me back together moment in Tiger Woods' life. I get it from the standpoint that, Southern Hills isn't Augusta National. It's not the old course. I hate to say that, but I like I get that part of Tiger's thinking maybe. 
But, man, it would just suck for Oklahoma fans. And it would suck for Southern Hills, which I think is going to put on an incredible major championship. They have in the past, and they will again. Southern Hills is a top 100 course in the nation, so it's no slouch. Um, and Tigers won there before. Do you really think Tiger can win a U.S. Open again at his age? Nobody has, right? The If you look in the history of I don't golf, think Tiger can win any major championship again, but I said that before the 2019 Masters, and Ank was wrong on that, so... I was wrong with you on that, too. I didn't think that would be possible, given all of his injuries and surgeries and off-the-course difficulties. But I'll tell you what. Um, if he does win again, I think it's going to be only at Augusta. And I do think he's playing. He's definitely going to play in the British Open because it's at St. Andrews. And that's a payback to the old course. But, hey, how do you not play a place you've won before? Yeah, where a major championship is being being held. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point. Maybe he'll come around in between now and then. I, I just – I would hope that he would. You know, he played relatively well early at the Masters. I get that physically – I mean, we it's tough for us to gauge how taxing truly that was on Tiger. But, man, if you could make it through four at Augusta, you can't make it through four at Southern Hills. Why not? I agree, Josh. No, I think you saw the, the – uh physical strain on his body uh, you know bear its fruit on Friday on Saturday and Sunday at, at the Masters I think that was probably a big reason he didn't play as well because the weather was certainly much better on Sunday Saturday was terrible but uh, you know I think beyond Tiger let's look for other stories I think you've got a shot for some of these Oklahoma guys to make some noise at Southern Hills because a they've played the course so many times they're very familiar with it they're on their home turf, per se, and the crowd's going to definitely be behind the Oklahoma be behind guys. Them. And you got a guy like Gooch. I mean, that guy's playing really well right now. He's starting to believe that he can win majors. I, I typically, for almost any major championship, because I love major championships, you could talk me into a bunch of different storylines, and rarely. Am I super emotionally invested one way or the other? And typically, you know, regardless of how it's playing out, okay, you can talk me into this is a great major championship. I'm going to be disappointed, I think. Emotionally, I'm invested in the idea. We've got to have somebody with Oklahoma ties play well at Southern Hills. And if we don't, I'm going to be disappointed. So hopefully we get it. I agree, Josh. We need an Oklahoma to really rise up and play well. We'll be back. Rolling on, it's the Gimme Zone on the Ref. Back with you, it's the Gimme Zone right here on the Ref. It's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com. So if you were hanging out with us last Saturday, you know we had the Crosstown Clash from out at Jimmy Austin. And we had a lot of fun talking to both coaches, Coach Rayner, Coach Grost, and obviously all of their Great golfers for both teams from out there at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. And the second annual Crosstown Clash, we can now report Norman North, a winner, 6-3. to three. We welcome in head coach Ryan Rayner to the show. Coach, how did it go? Yeah, 6-3 to three winner. <clears throat> I thought actually uh, both sides played well, uh, showed a lot of heart. Uh, the score makes it sound a little lopsided, but uh, all three four-ball matches came down to the last hole, and you saw some dramatics actually on the last hole. 
Uh, kudos to a couple Norman High kids. Uh, I believe Evan Kelly chipped in for birdie uh, to win his match. And then uh, Carson Wright uh, made about a 20, 25-foot birdie putt uh, before Jake Hopper tapped in about a two-footer. Jake hit a really good wedge shot in there, and then uh, Carson made a really nice putt uh, basically to have that match. So you saw some dramatics on the 18th hole, which is pretty cool. Well, hey, Coach, that's awesome that it that it you know was a lot closer than many people may have thought before. But you had told me off the air that that you thought and had a lot of respect for the Norman High squad and Coach Gross, and that and that they had a really solid team and did not take it lightly. And sounds like that was spot on. Um, tell me from who won their matches, their individual matches for North. Um, and who won for high, the one in, in the individual matches? Uh, ben Campbell won his individual match for Norman High. Uh, he beat um, Leighton Kyle for us. And then Maddox, Valentine, and Dax Rambo both have their – or they have their match. Uh, that was actually a, a pretty fun match. That was a roller coaster of a match. Uh, Dax won the first hole and uh, ended up being four down through eight. And he, he hung tough and he fought back, got it back to even – and if I remember right, I think he lost the seventh Mac or Dax for us, lost the 17th hole, and then came back and won the 18th hole to push that match. Uh, so that was a really exciting match to watch just from those two uh, kind of younger guys learning how to compete and deal with match play and the pressures of that. And then after that, uh, the rest of our guys won. Jake, Max, Mac, and Josh all won their matches. Uh, don't remember, you know, the scores of those matches, but I, I do know we won those. So Yeah, just uh, – Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Coach. Well, I'm saying then the four balls, uh, each team won one match, and then the third match was was halved. So there was close on the four balls. That's exactly actually where I was going to go, Coach. Is looks like the the team matches you you split those right down the middle. So really, it was the individual matches where you won this crosstown clash, Coach. Yeah, uh, which. A lot of those were also pretty close going into 17 and 18. Um, I think it was the – it might have been that second four-ball match. I can't remember, but there was a match where it was all square in the individuals and the uh, four-ball going into 18. And uh, we came out uh, on the right side on that, but that could have flipped the other way very easily. Well, Coach – that's uh, the second big event you guys have had at Jimmy. We've got another big event. Tell us about that. I believe we've got state coming up uh, the, I guess, second full week of May. Tell everybody about that and how that works and who qualifies and all of that. Yeah, we've got state at Jimmy Austin May 9th and 10th, so Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Monday the 9th. Guys will be playing 36 holes, and then uh, the 10th will be 18 holes, weather permitting. Uh, it's a dicey time of the year for weather here in Oklahoma, obviously. Um, the guys will be able to play practice rounds the uh, the 8th. Uh, Coach Gross has done a good job getting some things set up. I think we're going to have a uh, full field dinner the night before, possibly uh, on campus, possibly at the stadium. Um, unique event, you know, have it all lit up for the guys. So that'll, that'll be pretty neat for them. How uh, is the 
I was going to say to qualify for state, there are going to be two regionals in the state. You'll have an east and west, and you'll have six teams. <clears throat> pardon me, six teams qualifying from each site, uh, and then you'll have I think it's up to about ten individuals, maybe the top five individuals not connected to a qualifying team from each regional location. So we should end up with uh, around 70 to 72 players uh, at Jimmy Austin on the 9th and 10th from from all the 6A schools in the state. Talking with Norman North head boys golf coach, Coach Rayner in the house with us. Coach, first off, I just want to tell you, Thank you on the air. Last week was awesome for us getting to talk to both teams and preview the Crosstown Clash. I thought the kids were great on the air and had fun with it, so thank you for that. What was sort of just your perspective watching the players for, for both Norman High and Norman North get to be interviewed in that setting for the Crosstown Clash? And then tell us a little bit, how did the environment play out? Well, the, <clears throat> the environment was great. Uh, had a bunch of parents out there. Uh, these kids have grown up playing golf together, so they're friends. So it was some good, friendly competition. I think there was some uh, good, lighthearted ribbing at times. Uh, a certain person may have brought an air horn out to uh, encourage our team to make birdies. Uh, so there was, there was a lot of fun being had out there by the teams. Parents were having fun, even though the weather wasn't cooperative. Uh, the guys uh, did a good job of um, – having fun with it and competing, but also dialing it in and getting locked in and hitting a bunch of quality shots. Well, hey, Coach, speaking of four ball, what do you think of this week's PGA Tour event and the setup with that? Are you Do you like that? Do you not like that? Tell me your thoughts on that. I love it. I think for growing the game and getting more people involved in the game of golf, I think PGA Tour is doing the right thing by having this kind of event uh, it would be nice to see this style of event uh, at least one one more time a year on the PGA Tour, maybe even at a, a really big event or at a really big course. I think that's great. I think it gives these guys a chance to, to have some fun as well, uh, show the more lighthearted side of the game and not always so isolated and individualized. I would imagine that the answer is yes, but are you much of a fan of just watching the PGA Tour guys? You know, it's a little hard for me since I used to compete. Um, I love watching my guys play, uh, but going around and walking around and watching PGA guys play is a little hard for me because it, it kind of stirs up some uh, competitive feelings inside me, but I love the courses they get to play, like Southern Hills. You know, here in a couple weeks is top three course that I've ever played. That place is absolutely amazing. Um, so when it's at a place like that, and I've I've played in competition. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy watching them trying to get around. And I remember shots that I hit there. So um, when it comes to to watching them play, I, I guess I appreciate it more when it's at places I've been. Well, that's that's true for me as well, uh, Ryan. I tell you, uh, for the guys out there listening that don't know, uh, Coach Rayner is hitting some shots from where these two players will not hit from. By the way, because he is long. I mean, long <laughs> off the tee. Uh, you know, and I threw out there to the guys last week that, uh, you know, if anybody uh, wanted to take Coach Rayner on a little side bet, that I'd back the coach. And I, I didn't get any takers. So even as good a sticks as you've got, nobody wanted to take down Coach. And so I, 
kudos. I think they're being humble. I know I they were. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of Southern Hills, who do you like, and what storyline do you like at Southern Hills? What would be a great storyline for Ryan Rayner, and who do you like in that tournament? So since the the reno there, this is going to sound crazy, but I actually think they made it easier T two green clearing out the trees. Uh, so I think it's I think you can do a little bit of bombing and gouging there now because uh, you can be you don't have to be as precise on the tee where it's going to where Southern Hill shows in my opinion is going to show its teeth is going to be on the greens uh, if they speed them up and kind of put some pins in some tricky spots. Uh, the scores may not be as low as you think, even though they made it easier off the tee. Storyline-wise, uh, you know, 1A, you've got to say Tiger, right? Because when Tiger's playing, the game's just better. It's just way more fun, way more people viewing. Uh, I don't even know if he is playing, but if he is, that would be 1A. Personally, for me, I'm a Gary Woodland fan. He was a former teammate of mine, so I love love seeing him in. Uh, contention come Sunday, um, and I I honestly think you may see someone like a Cam Smith or a Victor Hovland. I think they're you know ripe for getting their first major. Those guys are super talented. Uh, Hovland, such a good ball striker. He's going to be you know on the green a bunch, giving himself chances. And then Cam Smith is just he can microwave it. Uh, Fairly good ball striker, but his short game's so good, and that's where that that really may set him up well at Southern Hills. Well, Coach, I think you're right. I mean, Cam Smith's putting the ball as good as anybody on tour right now, and and that may be his norm, but he certainly is put rolling at rock, the rock really well right now. Um, what do you think of Jordan Spieth's chances? We were talking earlier about Jordan Spieth getting back in the winner's circle going through that life cycle of getting married and having a child and maybe getting to refocus a little more on golf now than maybe he had the last three or four years when it was a bit of a drought for him. Is Southern Hills a course that Jordan Spieth can win on? Yes. Well, <clears throat> any of those guys out there can win in any given week. They're, they're crazy talented. Uh, Spieth obviously has some uh, – familiarity with Southern from playing at Texas. Uh, I have to go back and check, but there's a chance Texas may have won, you know, one of the big 12s there. I can't remember for sure, but he definitely has uh, more rounds than a lot of other guys do there. So short answer, yes. Uh, As long as he kind of has it going out straight and in front of him, I think he will have a chance there just because, again, the short game plays, you know, his chipping and putting, if it's dialed in, uh, you know, top five on tour. How do you evaluate Jordan Spieth's career so far? We're so quick when anybody gets off to the type of start to their career that Jordan Spieth got off to in 2014 and 15, where he won a couple of major championships and really was in the mix to win all four of them that year and then won five tournaments overall it's okay this guy's the next tiger woods or he's the next jack nicholas or insert whichever famous golf name you'd like those types of comparisons were there for jordan spieth and then he has a four-year drought but uh, obviously now he's back in the winner's circle from the rbc heritage 
He's got 13 wins, multiple major championships to his credit, and the PGA Championship, again, he's going to be going for the career Grand Slam. A lot of guys would just take Jordan Spieth's career, I think, right now today, but when when you look at what Jordan Spieth has accomplished so far and you think about some of the comparisons that have been out there for Jordan Spieth, how do you sort of evaluate where Jordan Spieth is at today? He's only 28. He's still young. How do you evaluate his career so far? I, I would say it's nothing but success. Um, you know, for guys out there that haven't competed at a high level, um, you know, when you've been so successful early and then you hit the skids and that slump and just kind of completely lose your game the way he did, I mean, it's, it's a lonely place. Um, so for him to grind and work, get himself back into the winner circle, I don't, I don't know if you know we fully appreciate and understand how difficult that is and how much commitment and and mental fortitude that takes to do that. So, um, you know, not a big Texas fan, but uh, I'm going to give him a ton of credit because what he's done is pretty amazing. Well, coach. We thank you for coming on on short notice. Before we let you go, tell everybody, do you, do you have your regional assignment? Where, where's the team going to be playing? Where's High going to be playing? Are you guys in the same regional? Walk us through yeah. that so we can kind of be on the lookout. Okay, so regionals, yes, Norman High and Norman North, we will be at the same regional uh, on May, uh, May 2nd in Enid at Meadow Lake Golf Course. Um, we do have... Our top five, I believe, is set for that. Uh, we'll head up there Sunday afternoon, get a little practice in, try to get a good dinner and get ready for uh, Monday, May 2nd. Can't get to state uh, without getting through regional. So we got to go up there, be focused, and uh, take care of business. Well, Coach, I know you'll have them dialed in. We thank you again to Coach Ryan Rayner of Norman North Boys Golf Team for joining us on short notice this morning. And, Josh, we've got a big schedule coming up, right? We've got a big schedule. Yep, we still have uh, on deck today on, on this show. We've got Andy Dillard and Ryan Hibble going to join us, join us. Coach, hey, thanks. Congratulations on the Crosstown Clash win. And just on you know behalf of Brian, myself, everybody here at the Rep, thank you for making last week possible for us. It was a ton of fun. Those kids deserve that type of spotlight on them. So we were glad to get to be a part of it. And best of luck, obviously, coming up with the postseason ahead, Coach. Yep. Guys, thank you. I appreciate it, and thanks for your support of all of Norman Sports. Thank you much. All right, Coach, we'll catch up again soon. We'll take a timeout here. It is the Gimme Zone on the ref. We'll take a T.O., come back, and we'll continue talking, well, a little Southern Hills, a little bit of golf going on this week. We haven't really talked about this week's event, so maybe we'll do that coming up next. Right here on the ref, it's the Gimme Zone. Back after this. Rolling along on a spring game Saturday. That's right. Oklahoma baseball, obviously. They are up at KU. Big winners. Last night, the Sooners over the Jayhawks. Ripping base knocks left and right. They beat uh, Kansas 15-2 last night. So that will be following us as soon as we sign off. Yeah, a little over an hour from now right here on the the ref radio network of course we've got spring game coverage for you coming up with toby roland and the boys from out of balfour and obviously they'll have plenty of thoughts i'm sure on everything going on with oklahoma football so you've got that to look forward to on the networks of radio networks today
you had mentioned it, Brian. We do have a golf tournament going on this week. It is not the RBC Heritage, which Jordan Spieth won last week. It is the Zurich Classic from down in New Orleans, which is always a cool event. It's a best ball event, so they pair professionals. And just as a for instance, the leaders right now, they're set to go off here shortly. It's Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley who lost in the playoff last week. And, oh, you know, if you thought a professional golfer could deliver a nice round on his own, well, one way to really get some scoring is to pair a couple of professionals together, and we always see that at this event every single year. And that's really the case so far in this one where Xander Shoffley and Cantlay, what did they do in round one? Oh, no big deal. Combined 59. Yeah, that's really getting it done, right? 59 at for any two people is really getting it done. I'll tell you what, you know, your guy Xander, you had that was your pick for the Masters, and I like that. He didn't play well there, but he normally does. But this type of event's really good for his game. And Patrick Cantlay, I mean, that guy, you talk about Mr. Consistent. It's just top 20 after top 20 every single week. He always is in the hunt. And they, you, we talked about putting, right? That guy can really roll the rock. And it looks like every putt he hits is going in. But we got some Oklahoma flavor in there as well. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay, he's not won a major championship yet, has he? He has not. But, I mean, he's he's – Won the Shriners Hospital, the Memorial, the Zozo, the Memorial again, the BMW Championship, the Tour Championship. So he's got a nice little collection of wins on tour. And it seems like, yeah, he's kind of always in the mix or very routinely in the mix and still searching for that first major championship. He would be another name to keep an eye on as we start, you know, looking forward to Southern Hills. You said we have some Oklahoma flavor at the Zurich Classic, yeah, we got Taylor Gooch's in there. Um, they have, you know, they're oh they, yeah, they're uh, right in the mix. They're they're just five shots back. Yeah, they uh, you know, they're already out on the course today, but uh, you know, they can really go low. Yeah, I think if I heard the stat correctly, Taylor Gooch leads the PGA Tour in eagles. So, you know, when you're in a uh, four ball setup like this, if you can go for it. Put an eagle up there. That's and a fun pairing that he's he's got there with Max Homa. Max Homa is one of the – if you're not following him on social media, you should. He's one of the, the best that's out there. Those two personalities together, are you kidding me? Taylor Gooch and Max Homa? You're telling me you don't want to follow those those couple of guys around? Well, you know, I talked with Kelsey uh, since he went to the Masters with Taylor – and, you know, it's fantastic. You know, Kelsey had nothing but great things to say about Taylor's game. And he's the one that told me, look out, he can win at Augusta. And he got to see it firsthand. You know, and obviously Kelsey understands the game, played it collegiately, played professionally a little bit. And he really gets it. And so for his him to come out and say, I think Gooch can win at Augusta, was eye-opening to me. Not that I doubt Taylor Gooch's game at all because he's fantastic, but to win there on a course that takes that much experience and to play as well as you did in your first trip through there is fantastic. So, again, you know, I think Taylor and them are probably too far back this week right now. But, you know, 
for him to continue playing well leading up to Southern Hills, you know, I think he's going to take potentially a couple weeks off and then uh, play once right before Southern. Look out. That's a guy that can win at Southern. I would, again, love to see anybody with uh, – and, you know, Taylor Gooch is from Midwest City, is he not? He is. Yeah, so, I mean, from right here in the Metro, w- would love to see him in the hunt at Southern Hills. And he's got the game. I'm with you. He, he could go win that thing. From the Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. You can chime in as well. Love the Saturday show. The Remington Park uh, is having a fundraising golf tournament May 2nd at Choctaw. He says he's 25000 to win, but it'll be a great time. Well, let's get out there and support that. Everybody, if you want to plan a good golf tournament, reach out to them. Um, Choctaw is a fun little course. Um, we've got a lot of – we're blessed with a lot of great courses. But you know what's really great right now on a day like today? What's that? How about indoor 18? Ah, you know, indeed, indeed. I mean, what's the wind blowing? 35 out there right now? You can go to indoor 18 and dial up any of their track mans, play whatever course you like, work on your game, get some instruction, all right there in North Oklahoma City at 172nd May, Suite 600. Reach out to them to book your slot, 405-432-4653. I can tell you those track mans are fantastic, and you're not going to be able to see what you're doing on your shot today out there in that 35-mile-an-hour wind, right? You get one going sideways, it's going real sideways. <laughs> but that track man, hey, going in there, busting through some balls, good time. Indoor 18, I mean, should just be a year-round destination for you. During the winter, no doubt. During the spring, okay, maybe you're not feeling like tangling with the winds that day. And then, you know, as we progress into the summer months, Maybe you're not ready for the heat one day, so Indoor 18 can, can be a quality location to go swing the sticks. The uh, Zurich Classic, I know we talked here a little bit about it. It's – maybe this is a, a poor comparison, but – and actually, I, I'd kind of like to see the championship down in Phoenix. I'd like to see a little bit more of that on the, on the tour, but the Zurich Classic sort of – fits into that a little bit for me and kind of like the match play WGCs to where I'm glad that we have them on tour. And I think new Orleans is the perfect place for an event like this, by the way, can you imagine what it's like walking around that golf course with down in new Orleans? I'm sure they're not having any fun or eating any good food down in new Orleans, right? It's <laughs> no. all business, correct? It, it, you know, the format where you are playing best ball and you pair a couple of professionals together New Orleans is a great fit for that. Having said that, to me, the fact that we've got this event down there in New Orleans, the Zurich Classic, we've got one on the tour, right? We've got our annual stop for it. I don't know that I need two or three best ball tournaments over the course of the year. I'm kind of cool with one. Yeah, I think so. I think it adds a new flavor to it. And I I do like pairing guys together together outside of the Ryder Cup, because let's face it, not all these guys are going to get to play in the Ryder Cup. You know, it's a, it's a select field. And so for these guys to choose their partner and play with a friend of theirs, I think that's a fantastic format. But I'm with you. I don't need that all the time. You know, let's go out and see who go mano a mano, who wins. I like it for this, 
this time of year especially. That way it doesn't, you know, conflict at all with other match play type setups with later in the year with Ryder Cup, President's Cup, those types of things. But I do I do like the flavor and you're spot on on New Orleans. I, I really think so. So, Josh, anybody come get the leaders this weekend? What's your thoughts? Oh, probably. I mean, th- this is not a regular golf tournament, right? I mean, I'm just looking at the leaderboard, and we were talking about Taylor Gooch and his pairing with Max Homa. They, everybody that's within five shots right now, or maybe even further back than that, everybody's in the mix because it's not unthinkable that – one of these pairings could go duplicate what Shoffley and Cantley did in round one where they shot a combined 59. I mean, the fact, the idea of that happening, okay, maybe not a 59 for two days in a row, but, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of these pairings that can go out and drop back-to-back 60-61s these next two days. So trying to gauge who's going to win this type of event Right now, I mean, you almost have to wait until the back nine, I would say, on Sunday to have a really good idea of who's truly in the mix or out of the mix. You know what was really surprising to me is that Scotty Scheffler and his partner shot even par yesterday. I don't think he shot even par on his own. I mean, that guy's under par every round, right? So, you know, maybe he's played a little too much. Hopefully he'll take a little time off and get dialed up and ready to try to win at Southern Hills because – He's going to have a lot of folks following him, right? He seems like a pretty even-keeled guy, at least kind of what we see from Scotty Scheffler publicly, but I don't know. Win a Masters, get that green jacket. Has he been having a little bit too much fun in these recent weeks? Maybe. That's that's all I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. Don't know Scotty Scheffler personally. Don't know what his life looks like off the course. Like I said, seems to be that he's pretty straight and narrow, even-keeled. But if he's been having a little bit too much fun, dude, I get it. Man's been on a complete and absolute tear, just won his first major championship. Okay, you, you shot even par combined at the Zurich Classic. I think you're going to be all right. I agree. I, I doubt he's having that much fun off the course other than than just good, clean fun. He, he seems like a, a really wholesome individual just from what I've heard about him. Uh, my suspicion is, is just the mental grind of – that many weeks that of playing at that level, at that high level in a row, takes its toll. And it's probably a little bit of mental fatigue right now. And so let's hope that he gets recharged because, hey, who wouldn't want to see somebody get the first two legs? Yeah, I mean, one of the themes of the show this morning and probably for the next several weeks is going to just be breaking down potential storylines for Southern Hills and – Scotty Scheffler looking to go back-to-back is another another worthy storyline to think about, to talk about. And, you know, I think a lot of people would, would be pulling for Scotty Scheffler from around here. You'd rather see somebody from Oklahoma with that Longhorn Ties win. And actually, maybe him being in the, the mix just to see how the crowd reacts to him. Are they positive? Are they negative? For Scotty Scheffler could be exciting. But, okay, we're due a T.O. We've run a little long this segment. We've got Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble joining us next. They've just picked up their fifth win of the season. Amazing what Coach Ryan Hibble and number one Oklahoma has been doing, and they're getting set for the Big 12 championship. So Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble joins us next. It's the Gimme Zone back after this on the refs. Joined now by Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble. Coach, and 
Another incredible comeback for your group in Saturday's final round. Your top-ranked Oklahoma Sooners win the Thunderbird Collegiate by five strokes and clinch a school record-tying fifth win of the regular season. What were you most pleased with at the Thunderbird Collegiate, Coach? Well, anytime you get a, a chance to go play on somebody else's golf course, uh, you know, with a championship squad like Arizona State, and and we were actually able to beat them on their home place, it's it's really special, to be honest with you. Um, you know, as good as we've been this year, I still have a lot of new faces, and uh, to simulate what a kind of a championship feeling is like, very similar out at Arizona State because they have great crowds coming out and watching uh, their squad play. We're playing with Arizona State in the final round, and our guys were, were in it all the way through the finish, uh, all five guys, and, and just did a fantastic job. So I'd say, you know, just super proud of, of us going to somebody else's uh, property, playing some quality golf in front of the crowds. Uh, there's leaderboards up out there. So it, it felt like a championship, you know. And uh, as we get closer to Big 12s here next week, that was that was exciting for me to see. And it has to be a great sign as you head into Big 12 championships and obviously the postseason ahead, Coach, that you're able to have that type of comeback with a field that included Oklahoma State, included Arizona State, included North Carolina and Texas Tech. The field that you beat, Coach, how does it, how does it buoy this team moving forward to, again, earn a win versus that type of field? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you. Um, we don't think too much about the field and, and where everybody is. Because um, at the end of the day, I mean, I know it's cliche, but, I mean, it, we can only control what, what we can con- control, and that's us. And individually, each guy has to go out and, and do their job. So uh, whenever we get done, we kind of add them all up. Uh, the, the unique part about that event is we actually played two, two, and one. So two of my guys are playing with each other. Another two guys are playing with each other, and then the other guy's playing by himself with, with a, another three uh, different uh, teams. And, and so our guys kind of know what's going on a little bit more than in a, uh, a, a normal circumstance. So that in itself lends, lends that tournament to making it feel a lot more like a team event. And uh, so, again, I mean, I think our guys fed off of each other. And, you know, again, we're not really thinking about the other squads and where they're at and what's going on. It's more about just trying to, you know, out at Arizona State because there still were quite a few birdies to be made, making sure that we were taking care of the golf ball, making birdies where we could make them, and and, uh, eliminating our mistakes as much as possible. And uh, fortunately, I I mean, I, I feel like we did a good job with that. Oklahoma Headman's golf coach Ryan Hibble is with us here on the Gimme Zone. Coach, you had to love what you saw again from Chris Goddard and Logan McAllister, each of those two golfers for you, rounds in the 60s and all three rounds, and Chris Goddard a 65 on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, those, that's our two horses. I mean, I think we've got as good of a one-two punch as anybody in the country, and it's just, you know, it's super special when you got guys anchoring you down back there and you feel confident they're going to go get you something good uh, when, you know, when that bell rings, uh, coming down the stretch. And, uh, you know, we've got some young guys out, out front as well. I mean, Drew Goodman's been playing really well all, all year long. Um, and, you know, he did a nice job this week. I know he was disappointed coming down the stretch. He made a, a few bogeys, but, um, you know, he continues to impress. And Stephen Campbell had a nice week. And Patrick Welch, who didn't, didn't play great in our first couple of rounds, uh, played a great final round. And, uh, so really happy for Vinny and, and uh, everybody contributed. 
So, uh, but but yeah, having those two horses in the back are always nice, and they they both feel very good with their golf games, and and uh, you know, looking forward to seeing how how they fare uh, down Big Twelve next week. Well, those were the two golfers I was going to ask you about next were Stephen Campbell and Patrick Welch. Both of those two golfers, a 69 actually on Friday and Saturday for Stephen Campbell, and then the 68 for Welch on Saturday. You don't probably win this event without those two performances. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean every every shot counts in in our in our business for sure, and it doesn't matter you know where they're coming from. You know, if if a guy like Chris goes out and, and shoots 65, I mean, you know, if you're following that up with a 75 from somebody else and we're having to take it, uh, you know, it just kind of wipes that away. So, um, you know, Steve did a great job uh, that final round. He he really looked the part, and, uh, you know, he's excited about, you know, his future here this next month, uh, and I'm excited for him as well. And, and Patrick has, has done a, a fantastic job this springtime. And, uh, you know, it was nice. I mean, he hit the ball phenomenal in the final round. Um, I wasn't around him that much, but he told me it, it could have been a 62-63 if, if he could have made a few more putts, but still really fired up for him to, to get that, that final round. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's nice. I think there's a lot of trust in our room right now with our, uh, you know, five guys that were at Arizona State, a lot of belief in each other, and, and that's what it takes. And, you know, hopefully we can continue that as we – as we get going here in postseason. How important is it, Coach, to have won the way that your team has won this season? I know that, you know, five wins over the course of the year, that that doesn't win you in NCAA championship. You have to go earn that. But what does that do for your group? Well, it's it's just confidence that keeps building on top of each other. Um, our, our guys, I think they genuinely feel that when we get in a tournament, we're supposed to go win, and, and that that's a good feeling. Um doesn't mean it's always going to work out that way but uh certainly your expectations are are high and uh, you know if you can go perform at that level it just continues to to you know build on top um you know that momentum and and just everything it's just good vibes you know that's that's what we're trying to promote is just really good vibes on the golf course uh guys being able to control you know their emotions um as well as they can especially coming down the stretch here uh, everything gets a little different uh, when when rings start getting on the line, and uh, so we're, we're just trying to make sure everybody's, you know, sticking with our normal routine and doing the things that we know how to do, and and uh, you know, make sure that uh, everybody just really really has a, a great mindset and and uh, big time attitude coming down the stretch. Now you turn your attention, coach, to the Big 12 Championship Monday through Wednesday, April 25th through the 27th at Whispering Pines Golf Club down in Trinity, Texas. Coach, what uh, can you tell us about Whispering Pines and how it fits your team's game? Well, it's a ball strikers golf course. We haven't been down there since uh, 2016. And, uh, you know, they've actually redone the golf course, so I haven't seen the redo yet, but it's a great uh, golf course. It's one of the best in the state of Texas for sure. Um, it's it's pretty big, pretty long golf course. Um you know, you have to hit your tee ball well. Um, iron play is premium. Um, and then once you get on the greens, there's, you know, it's not an easy task. I will say that the greens are always in great shape, though, and you do see a lot of putts go in just because they're so pure. Uh, but it's it's a championship golf course. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we're fortunate to have it in our rotation in the Big 12. And, uh, you know, you, you, you'll see after 72 holes, the team that has played the best golf will for sure win down with Spring Pines. I mean, it's – it's a separator. Uh, there's no flukes that, that end up happening down there. 
And, um, you know, so I, I like where our guys, you know, are at when it comes to the ball striking piece, you know, and hopefully we can get high with our putters next week and, and ultimately, you know, limit our mistakes. And, and uh, if, we, if we do that, then we'll have a fighting chance coming down the stretch. Last question for you, Coach. I feel like we all have a great idea of who this Oklahoma men's golf team is. You're one of the nation's best. You'll absolutely be right in the hunt for a national championship. But for an event like the Big 12 championship, do you learn something new about your team? What do you feel like maybe you'll, you'll learn coming out of this event about your group? Oh, we, we learn something every week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, Big 12s or not, uh, there's just a lot of opportunity for, our, for us to evaluate and learn as, as players, as coaches. Uh, so, yeah, we will certainly learn quite a bit um, after, after Big 12 play. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll see guys really step up and, and rise up for the occasion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say what I will learn. I just know that we will learn things uh, for, for our guys, from our guys, and, and from this team as, as we move forward. And, and hopefully we just keep adding all these building blocks uh, to create uh, that much more unity, that much more belief in ourselves um, as you know, we get through the, this next month because it's a long month. If you make it uh, towards the end of the year, like we were able to do last year, like we were able to do in 17, I mean, it's you know, this is a long journey right here that we still have in front of us, and it really doesn't matter what you've done up to this point. Um, outside of maybe you know how you get seated in regionals, it, you know, all that gets thrown out the window. And um, if you remember last year, we're in Albuquerque at regionals, which one of the better teams in the country, and we almost didn't make it to the national championship. So. And, you know, in our sport, it doesn't matter what you're seated up. You can go get beat by anybody. And, um, you know, we know that. And, and our guys understand how how just uh, uh, finicky our sport can be. And we, we just have to, you know, maintain our, our you know, steadfast approach of, of being sharp and taking care of the small details. And, and uh, I think we'll be in a good spot. Well, we are hoping, Coach, that it is a busy – Busy month ahead, busy next few weeks ahead for you, and successful next few weeks for you. Congrats on the win at the Thunderbird Collegiate, and, Coach, best of luck at the Big 12 Championships and moving forward. Really appreciate your time, as always, Coach. No, you got it, and, and just really excited for the women's gymnastics team. They got their natty going, and that always uh, is nice on, on campus whenever you get other teams you know, starting to win like that. It can really provide a lot of momentum, so – uh, we're super proud of them, but uh, hopefully it's gonna, they're going to help lead us, too, as we get going. That's what we're hoping for, Coach. Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble. We're hoping that uh, champions can breed some more champions here at the University of Oklahoma. Win number five for the Sooners. Amazing what they've accomplished in this uh, fall and spring, this athletic uh, calendar year, if you will. Take a timeout, come back, wrap up this hour. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Back after this. Just a couple of minutes here before the top of the hour. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Thanks to Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble for joining us here. His team, I mean, what, what can you say that hasn't already been said, Brian? I mean, they're just absolutely on fire, the number one team in the country. And once again, they proved that with their win at the Thunderbird Collegiate, their fifth of the season, fall and spring combined. Via the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We love hearing from you guys, and we 
have OU Architect chiming in. Sorry, guys, just finished around at Pannonia Golf Club outside Budapest, Hungary. Now focused on your show. Hey, Josh, that's a course I've never played. i got to yeah. hand it to you. I have not been to Budapest, Hungary. But you know a course I have played that's fantastic? Best course in the southwest, Oklahoma. How about the Territory Golf and Country Club? And I want to give them special thanks because we're starting to, to formalize this show. They were the first sponsor to step up and say, we're in. And I tell you what, Rick Brought and those guys down there are fantastic and if you've not played the territory, get down there and play it. It's a fantastic golf course. And the restaurant is probably just as good as the golf course, the Prayer House Restaurant Bar. Fantastic food. I will be getting down there in the next 60 days to play that course again. And I tell you what, for those of you interested in playing, interested in joining, reach out to Aaron Hess, 580-475-0075 for the territory. It is the place to be. The Prairie House Restaurant, as you mentioned, is awesome. And, of course, the picturesque Stage Stand Creek meandering through the course. All right, that's it. we got to take a break for the top of the hour break. When we come back, Andy Dillard, Oklahoma State, great golfer, PGA Tour, uh, former PGA Tour golfer Andy Dillard, renowned author, we could say, Brian Vineyard, as well about Andy Dillard. He'll join us next to... Start getting the stage set for the PGA Championship from Southern Hills. Take a timeout. Back with Andy Dillard next right here on the Gimme Zone on the wrap. Welcome back to the Gimme Zone. Joined now by Oklahoma State great golfer Andy Dillard, former PGA Tour pro as well. Author and instructor, we can say about Andy Dillard <laughs> as well. Andy, how are we doing? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh, Weather's warming up and golf season is here. So things are good. Well, Jordan Spieth picked up his 13th career win last week at the RBC Heritage. He's, of course, got three major championships to his name, and the PGA Championship, which is his one missing link, is what's coming up next in terms of the Grand Slam. I'm curious, what first, what did you think of Jordan Spieth's most recent win, his 13th? Wow. It, uh, I just thought he was kind of the last man standing. He... Uh, I can promise you when he finished that tournament, he didn't think he was going to win it. Um, you know, you always have to be lucky when you win on the PGA Tour. And fortunately for him, the guys surrounding him, they all just kind of did what they needed to do to give him the tournament. How do you characterize Jordan Spieth's career so far? I mean, there's a lot of guys that would trade what Jordan Spieth has accomplished and he's only 28, they would trade what Jordan Spieth has accomplished already for the entirety of their careers, and yet there was sort of that drought in the middle for Jordan Spieth the last couple of years, but now he's got 13 wins. He's obviously won three majors. Where does Jordan Spieth, at least right now today, fall in sort of the pantheon of, of the game of golf where he's at right now today? Oh, wow. Um, obviously, the career he's already had is great. You know, if you looked at him, you probably wouldn't think he's already won 13 times. That's a bunch, okay? Uh, to win 13 times means you've had the chance to win 100 times. Uh, so uh, it's uh, where he stands in the, I don't know, um, one of the great ones. You don't win three majors by being your club champion. 
you know, or the four-ball champion, Oklahoma City. So, uh, uh, you know, his career's really yet to be defined. I was very surprised he won this week um, with all of the swing. He's made some major swing changes this year when it wasn't like he was really having troubles. You know, he's been playing good. His main issues right now are with his putter, which is uncharacteristic of him. So, uh, we'll see. I don't I don't look for him to win the PGA unless he gets his putter straightened out. So, but we'll see. Doesn't take yeah, I mean, long. that's really... Take long. That, that's kind of the fascinating thing, isn't it, Andy? He... You, you look at where he's at in terms of the putting statistics on tour and whether it's from 10 to 15 feet, 15 to 20 feet, 20 to 25 feet, and beyond that, he's not been one of the better putters on tour. In fact, in a lot of those categories, he's outside the top 100, and yet here he was winning last week. I mean, I would think you have to get that part straightened out before you're, you're talking about winning a major championship at Southern Hills, and I wouldn't put it past Jordan Spieth to get all of that figured out in one, you know, just for one week at Southern Hills. But it is kind of wild to think that he's winning a tournament when really he hasn't been great with the putter like you mentioned. Well, two things. First off, I'm not a stats guy. So uh, stats are there just, in my opinion, to talk about. They don't, obviously, they are not a determining factor. That being said, it doesn't take, and, and I'll classify him as one of the great putters, it doesn't take a great putter more than one little tick to go from putting marginal to making everything. So, uh, you know, it could be anything, whatever it is. Um, and obviously, you don't win tournaments on the PGA Tour like he just did by being and putting terrible. He just wasn't up to his standards. So uh, for Jordan, I'm guessing sometime between now and the PGA, he will probably address uh, that issue. I would guess he would hope to get it taken care of. Uh, there's no guarantees in golf. You know, you can he could practice his rear end off from now until the PGA, and there's no guarantee he's going to go putt great. It's just, that's just the way golf is. So, uh, he will attempt to take care of those issues. And if he does, then he's one of the guys that has a chance to win there. Well, and obviously, to win a career grand slam would put him in very rarefied air. What type of chance do you give him to do that at Southern Hills in the PGA Championship? Oh, Lord. Not very good. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't care who it is. Their chances of winning aren't very good just because you have so many players uh, that are capable. And, you you know, you could be playing – you can be playing the best golf and not win the golf tournament. Uh, you know, you got to be playing really good to win, and you got to be lucky. Uh, last week he was lucky. Um, so uh, I kind of su- – just a gut feeling. I think you're going to have somebody win that PGA that's not standing out on the radar to you, uh, that hasn't maybe been in the spotlight 
over the past month or so. It's just uh, I just think the way that golf course is, and the uh, I just that's we'll see. Um, if Scotty Scheffler keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to win. But uh, eventually, he's not. So, but uh, you know, as far as all the players go, Jordan's got a chance, a great chance. Probably not, just because the odds are against him. What do you think about Southern Hills as a major championship site? And then just as we turn our attention now to the next major championship being in the state of Oklahoma, I mean, how great is it that Oklahoma gets to host this event? Um, first off, I think Southern Hills is, is, and I'll use the word great, it's as great a golf course as there is in the United States. Um, it's an old school course. It's cut through the trees. Uh, the greens are off the charts. Uh, on you know they're big. Uh, you've got to be in the right place. Um, as far as Oklahoma hosting, I think for a state this size, the history of golf in this state is off the charts. Uh, not only with the players that have played at both universities and have played and are playing professionally. But the golf courses we have there here that are capable of hosting major championships for a state this size, and let's face it, this is a football state, you know? <laughs> oh, you football's a monster. I don't care what you say or who you bring in. So to have golf uh, to be a big part of this state and be a big part of the PGA Tour is pretty amazing. I know that any given week, we just kind of have to watch how it plays out. But listening to you talk about Southern Hills and some of the challenges that it presents, is there a couple of names that you think maybe Southern Hills, will it'll suit them well? Oh, boy. I can think of about 100. Um, you know, I'm going to throw two names out there, and don't ask me why. They may finish last and second to last. There's two names that are just out of the blue popping up, Kevin Knott and Webb Simpson. Um, don't ask me why, because I can't tell you. Nothing more than a, just a hunch. So uh, I, I don't know. That's just you ask me, and that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> we'll wait and see. I'll either look like an idiot or I'll look like I know what I'm talking about, which I don't. Sometimes sometimes a hunch is as good as any educated guess when it comes to trying to pick who's going to win a golf tournament. Listen, if you pick who's going to win a tournament and they win, it's nothing more than luck. So, uh, you know, the Masters is really the easiest tournament to pick who's going to win because you've got a short field and 25% of the field is – can't tee off because they're so old. So, uh, but but to pick a winner at this tournament, nothing but luck. But I'll throw out Kevin Na and Webb Simpson and see what happens. Two final questions for you, Andy, and appreciate your time as always. Who, in terms of some of the bigger names on tour, the Kepkas or the Justin Thomases of the world, who do you think could benefit the most? 
and not just specifically those two. You can pick whichever golfer you'd like. Who do you think would benefit the most from a PGA Championship win not named Jordan Speed? Oh, Lord. Um, that's a tough question. Obviously, that would entail anybody. Um, it would almost – how about a Xander Shoffley? You know, he's a he's a kid that has been up with a chance to win, but it hasn't. Uh, very successful on the Ryder Cup team. Just seems like he's never able to handle his emotions enough to get over the hump and win a golf tournament. Obviously, Ricky Fowler would. I'm not even sure if he's in the tournament. Uh it would probably benefit him greater than anybody out there. Um, you know, he, he's, it's time for him to quit doing commercials and, and play good golf. So uh, we'll see. But Xander Shoffley would be a kid that would benefit. Um, you know, God's honest truth, you could go down the list and every, every guy would and could. But he needs to get off the Snyder and uh, – and have some, and win a golf tournament. Once he does, uh, there's no they, they may come in bunches for him. Yeah, every golfer on tour would probably say, you know, I need this major championship as much as the next guy or more. So yeah, I mean, when you talk a major championship, you could just think about anybody on tour and make a reasonable case that them winning it would be important for them. But last question, uh, Tiger Woods. We saw him in the Masters. Uh, it. it you know, he signed on to obviously play the Open Championship at St. Andrews. It kind of seems a little murkier for him to play at Southern Hills. What's your early read on that? Do you think we see Tiger Woods play the PGA Championship at Southern Hills? I don't think so. I think uh, I think that Masters physically probably took a bigger toll on his body that then he let you on to believe or know. Um, I think he has a bigger focus on the British Open. Uh, you know, if he runs up there to Southern Hills and walks up and down those things and uh, doesn't come out of it physically good the rest of his year, uh, whatever it is could be done. So I don't think he would risk Southern Hills for St. Andrews. Yeah, and I think you might be totally on the money with that, which, you know, hey, that's disappointing for Oklahoma golf fans, but, you know, at least on one sense, when you think of St. Andrews, I get that part of it, but I'd like to see him play, but I totally hear what you're saying there, Andy. Hey, appreciate your time as always. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you for lessons. Hey, thank you. 405-535-2529. That's 405-535-2529. Uh, give me a call, and I'll teach you what the guys on television are doing. Hey, Andy, appreciate your time. As always, enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you, guys. God bless, and have a good weekend. Right here on The Ref, it's the Gimme Zone. It's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, EliteRoofOK.com. Well, we've got all sorts of stuff going on today right here on the do you want to call it the the Ref Radio Network, uh, 99.3 FM, 1400 AM? I guess I should just lay out sort of what the next little bit looks like. So coming up as soon as we sign off right here at 1130, you'll have Taylor Maples on 99.3 FM, 1400 AM, 
and the Sports Talk 1400 app, which I would suggest everybody just go ahead and download, search Sports Talk 1400, and you can download the free app. That'll be OU Baseball coming up game two, their series up in Lawrence, Kansas versus the Jayhawks. No big deal. Just uh, pounded them into submission yesterday, Brian, 15-2. to two. So that'll be 11.30 pregame there. And then uh, on 94.7 FM and out on 1430, the buzz in Tulsa. 11.30, we've got Toby and Teddy from down at Balfour of Norman. O- Oklahoma spring game coverage coming your way. And then Steelman and Tyler McComas coming up one hour after that from out there at Balfour. So it's just a busy day. We've got OU baseball coming your way. We've got Oklahoma spring game coverage coming your way. And then the postgame show tonight as well from out there on campus quarter uh, five to seven, the postgame show, Tyler and Travis Davidson. So again, busy, busy. What are you looking forward to in the spring game, Brian? Well, you know, me personally, I think we need to look and see what Dylan Gabriel has, right? I mean, he's going to be the captain of the ship. That's pretty obvious. He came here for Jeff Levy, and the kid's got a lot of experience, obviously at a lower conference level, you know, much lower level football. However, they were highly, highly successful. His numbers look great. He's a little bit diminutive in size, but hey... Reminds us of somebody else that's getting celebrated today, right? I don't know. The guy's getting a statue, and you know, Kyler Murray wasn't the biggest dude either, and oh, just won the Heisman, right? Can we comment on the statue, or do we have to remain positive about the statue? Well, I think the negative comments have already been <laughs> just, out there with the national media. I don't think we need to go over those. <laughs> I mean, boy. You know, the first angle I got of the Baker Mayfield statue – I'll admit, I, I thought to myself, oh, man, this looks nothing like him. The other angle that Toby tweeted out actually looks pretty good. So I think it sort of depends on what lighting you see Baker Mayfield's Heisman statue and maybe what angle you see Baker Mayfield's statue. I'm sure out in you know the bright lights and sitting out in the sun, it's going to look awesome. And the celebration itself today for Baker is going, going to be sweet. Well, it's definitely going to be a highlight at halftime of the spring game. And, you know, the guys talked about it on air earlier this week, you know, with Baker. By the way, thank you, Baker, for coming on first here. That's right. On the Ref Sports Radio Network. Appreciate that. Um, I think it's going to be an emotional time for him. He's meant so much to Oklahoma fans, and this gives them a great way to show the love back to him. Not that they didn't when he was here, but sometimes it's just more special after you've left to come back and feel so loved. Oh, and by the way, how many former players are coming back? Oh, it's Most crazy. Ever. Yeah, no, it's wild. And sounds like it's going to be record attendance for this spring game. Upwards of 60,000 tickets have been sold to this Oklahoma spring game. Let me see if I can pull this up before we get out of here. I'm trying to think which service tweeted this out but suffice it to say that georgia had sold the most spring game tickets i don't remember who was second oklahoma was right there in the sixty thousand plus neighborhood and then nebraska had sold a bunch too so that was kind of the charge right from brent vittables and this coaching staff was let's make the spring game a big deal let's put on a show for these recruits that are going to be in town and let's get the the band back together, so to speak. 200, 250 
uh, in that range of former Oklahoma Sooner greats are back for this spring game. So by all accounts, the spring game, it's not even underway yet, Brian, but that type of reception from the fan base, buying the tickets, getting out to the spring game, and then the former players that are coming back and want to be a part of this celebration of a beginning of the Brent Venables era. I've sort of, you know, if you've listened to me this week, been referring to this as the unofficial kickoff, the true unofficial kickoff of the Brent Venables era at Oklahoma. Yeah, hey, I'll listen to you if you want to say the Max Westheimer Airport arrival was the start of the Venables era. But to me, okay, like, giddy up, here we go. We've got the spring game. You've got all the fan bases clearly involved in this. Former players want to be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. Well, I'm kind of surprised we're even having a spring game. You kind of thought football ended here when Muleshoe left, right? That's right, sure. I mean, we should just throw in the towel. You know, instead of passing the baton, this is the Sooner Schooner running over Muleshoe today. This is the new flag plant right here today. Passing to the better coach, and I'm saying it right now, the better coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Brent Venables. I think Brent Venables has a chance. I I love it. Hey, your Players' Tribune article eh, cannot rain on this parade, Mr. Lincoln Riley. Not not this week. Sooner fans have come up in droves. It's going to be a party at the Palace. To swing back around full circle this segment to the initial comments you made, about what are you looking forward to in the spring game? I mean, just the the atmosphere itself, looking forward to seeing that myself. And, uh, you know, the reception to a lot of these these players coming back. Dylan Gabriel, as you mentioned, all-time quarterback, or at least very much of the time quarterback in this game. He's the quarterback for both the red and white teams. I know that they've got him split up with uh, Evers and Bowens on opposite teams as well. I'm with you. I'd like to see Dylan Gabriel, how he looks in this spring game. I'm not, you know, listen, a red-white game, a spring game, I'm not going to get carried up on the positive or the negative one way or the other based on what I see today. Obviously, you'd rather see more positive than negative, and there is a part of me that will be watching eagle-eyed with Dylan Gabriel. Okay, how is he commanding the offense? You know, one of the things I'd like to see today, Brian, because we've heard so much about it with Jeff Levy, I'd love to see some tempo, and I'd like to see Dylan Gabriel command that tempo today. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was getting ready to say, how much up-tempo will we run? Because it seemed like we got away from that last year, right? Lincoln, it was not a staple. Even the, you know, two Heisman Trophy winners, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray under Lincoln Riley, tempo was not a big part of what Oklahoma did under Lincoln Riley. And I think, you know, you you look back and reflect upon the the Sam Bradford years come to mind, the 2008 season. Okay, tempo was a big part of that Oklahoma team. It is. And I think the more you can wear out a defense by not allowing them to change personnel all the time and obvious passing downs, the better, right? And, you know, you wear down a defense two ways, right? It's either with that tempo or just by pounding them into submission, running the ball. And we didn't do either of those last year. And I think we have the personnel. The player, if it's not Dylan Gabriel, if it's not just the return of Baker Mayfield, the player I'm most looking forward to seeing today, show me the young RB. I want to see some Javante Barnes. The fact that they've got Marcus Major and Eric Gray on, I believe, the white team with Miguel Chavis, and then Javante Barnes on the red team, 
Hey, all love to Jaden Knowles, but that tells me my man DeMarco Murray, he likes himself some Javante Barnes. So I think that we're in for some excitement excitement there. That's going to do it for us. We're out of time on the Gimme Zone. Brian, great job today. Fun hanging out with you. Thank you to uh, all of our great guests on this Saturday, Coach Ryan Hibble, Coach Ryan Rayner, and Andy Dillard as well. Oklahoma baseball and the Oklahoma spring game pregame coverage is coming your way next right here on 99.3 FM, 1400 AM, or 94.7 The Ref and 1430 The Buzz. So long, everybody.